This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to Grief Relief. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, uh, we've got people from all over the country today. I'm in uh, San Francisco. You're in Manhattan. And our guest is in Minnesota, right? Absolutely. And I wish the Manhattan you were referring to was Manhattan Beach, California, but it's not. (laughs) It's Manhattan, New York. And the reason I say that is because it is very cold here today. I know that this is airing in July, but today it is actually cold here. (laughs) Okay, why don't you introduce our guest today? We've got a really important topic because we're going to talk about finances after loss, and I know there are a lot of people who've got a lot of issues around this. Absolutely, Mom, and it's something that we have not done enough of, and it is an issue near and dear to my heart, and I will discuss that when we start the show. But As you said, we're talking about finances after loss, and our guest today is going to be Aaron Britz. Aaron was six years old when he lost his 62-year-old grandfather to a brain tumor. And during the days and years that followed, he watched his grandmother struggle with finances. This experience inspired him to become a financial planner, specializing in helping people in grief, loss, or transition. And Aaron is the president of Legacy Wealth Management. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on the show. And what an important topic to talk about, because I know... People are having a lot of issues after a death around what happens. I mean, what we do with people, how we handle the money. And and people are in shock, aren't they, Aaron? I mean, you've lost a spouse or whatever, and you're in shock, right? Uh, you really are. You're very vulnerable. And I, I believe that you know money is more complex than we generally give it credit for, especially when we go through a life transition such as losing a spouse. And so when that happens... Uh, it just completely magnifies the complexity of it. Yeah, and it, and it may be uh, generally the males die first. Has that been your experience? And then the women who maybe haven't had a lot to do with finances are sitting there with the problem. That is absolutely true. And the other thing that goes with that is, is in the United States, on average, the average age of a widow is 59 years old. Really? rather young. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I didn't know it was that young, Erin. It's that young, uh-huh. Yeah, we tend to deal with people on all walks of life, but the average age is 59 in the United States. That's amazing. Wow. So that's, that could be many, many years that you're living on this earth as a widow and needing really to figure out your finances. Absolutely. And that's why it's so critical to, to have a, 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 an orderly way of going about this. Okay, so here I am. My spouse has just died, you know, how soon do I have to get on it? And I have, I have relatives who are telling me what they think I should do. And I've got a really nice brother-in-law who wants to step in and take over. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Gloria. And you, and that's the, that's the hard part is that you know family wants to help, but also when you're in such a vulnerable position, uh, you have a a lot of pressure uh, on you to make a decision and. That's the one thing that if, if anybody takes anything away with this, most of the time when someone comes to us, we tell them to not make any decisions for at least nine months to a year. Oh, my gosh. I would have thought I had to do it right away, wouldn't you, Heidi? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and most folks do that. And so what we've done is, is 
we approach this with a couple different steps that we can we can look at. But first, uh, you know, we want to create order, and how we do that is we identify the essential decisions that need immediate attention, and that's the first thing. And I always call that to someone the now list. What are what is essential? What do we need to do immediately? The now list. What's on there, Aaron? And it, to give you some examples, it's it's things such as you know, ordering the death certificates, contacting uh, who is the personal representative or executor. Some people use that word as well uh, in the will. Another very important thing that's on the immediate list is who is the support network around that person. Believe it or not, a lot of people don't have that support and they're in this thing alone. And so who, who can they trust to go on meetings? Who can they trust to take notes while they're making uh, some of these decisions are trying to understand these things. Hey, I like this, Heidi. Take someone with you that can take notes. How about that? And, and I like the idea of, Mom, who you can trust, because I'm, unfortunately sometimes when women become widows or someone becomes a widow, I mean, the kids may not always have the widow's best interest in mind. I, I hate to say that, but I've actually seen situations where the kids want to get a hold of the financial piece because they want some money. Yeah. I I remember when we were working on our estate at one time, I was younger. I was probably around this 59 age. And I remember the, the lawyer wanted everything to be tied up if he died. But if I died, nothing got tied up. And I'm like, hey, what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> so in other words, you wouldn't have access to the mom. You wouldn't have access to the money if dad died. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Wow. But if but if I died, he would have access. And I said to the lawyer at the time, what are you talking about? And he said, well, you might remarry. <laughs> well, so might he remarry, you know. So there are a lot of crazy things involved with this, aren't there? There are. There, there are a lot of complexities to think through. And, and that's why to have someone uh, that you trust and really has your best interests at heart is, is so critical in, in this first stage. Uh, when you're working through it. Aaron, I'm thinking that 59, a lot of the our listeners who are that young, it's been a sudden death. Yeah, a lot of times it is a sudden death or a, a terminal illness is, is what I tend to see. So terminal, you might have a little longer time to get things together. So let's talk about our hit list. Um, I'm out there, the things that have to happen right away. Uh, probably our audience has done most of the very early things. So let's move in a little further. Okay. And, and, and that's the second step typically that I, I look at. And these are non-essential decisions, just things that don't need to be done immediately, uh, but they need to be done soon. And so I call that the soon list. Uh, and, and those are things that... Um, need to be looked at such as gathering things together, uh, especially when you're looking at where things are at, uh, like assets and looking at deeds and looking at uh, various things. And it almost becomes a, a treasure hunt for the money, uh, where things are at. And so that's kind of the, the, the soon list. You know, my when my dad died, my mother literally had a shoebox full of stuff. You know, and I, and I mean, this is all financial stuff and important stuff. And she had it literally in a shoebox. And my brother did not want, uh, did not want anything. He didn't want to do it. And my husband fortunately stepped up and helped her. But she really had to have somebody help her sort that stuff. And not everybody wants to do that. Or knows how to do it. Yeah, or knows how to do it. Right, right. And it's so overwhelming. It's a very daunting thing because... Really, that's the last thing on your mind, in a way, 
because you're mm-hmm. dealing with the loss of someone who you've been with for, for many, many years uh, in most cases. And so, again, that vulnerability uh, is, is it just makes the decisions all that much more complex. Now, I'm, I'm just thinking, Heidi, how do you find that safe person, Aaron? How do you know? I mean, uh, how do, what if I want a financial planner like you? You're in Minnesota. I mean, how do I find somebody? Well, and that's, that's a great question, and there is no good answer for it. And the reason there isn't is because you do not have a lot of the financial planners or, or financial advisors that specialize in helping people in this specific situation, number one. And number two, a lot of times from a fiduciary standpoint, you're dealing more with product-based type things. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just those uh, folks don't quite know how to be as sensitive. I mean, there are things that you should say, and there are also things definitely that you should not say when someone goes into this. What does fiduciary mean? I don't know what you mean. Fiduciary, the way I look at fiduciary, and we're held to that standard by the SEC, which is just a, a governing body that looks over my shoulder, but what that means is is that we need to keep our person, uh, the person that we're helping, we need to keep their interests at top of mind. Everything is hinged and done for their best interests. It has, it cannot be done for product purposes. It cannot be done for the firm's purposes. Um, and believe me, they watch us very closely that we adhere to that fiduciary basis, that we're doing the best thing we can for them. So it sounds like it may benefit me to make sure that I have say family members or people that I know to help me and take the notes and things, but I also probably need to get a professional involved. Does that sound like that to you, Heidi? That's what I'm thinking. And I'm wondering, Erin, do you work with people that don't live in your area or no? Yeah, that's a great question. We we do. We've become known more nationally uh, just mm-hmm. because we do have this small, uh, I guess, specialization or expertise, if you want to call it that. And so with technology these days, as both of you know, <laughs> it, uh, you can have a relationship and you can work with people. And a lot of times, uh, the other thing is, is we do uh, speaking uh, on the West Coast and on the East Coast. And so it gives us a chance if we have clients in those areas, we'll just make uh, a couple extra days and actually go visit them while we're there. Awesome. Well, tell people how to find your website while we're on it. Yeah, you can go to Legacy Wealth, Amazon Mary, Amazon Nancy dot com. Great. And I know your your wife works with you too, right? And she's even written a little manual. Yes. Yes, she has. She is. And it's called Motivate Your Legacy. And we're actually doing a series on that right now. Every every other week, uh, we're doing a, a little what we call a spreecast, where people can just log in anonymously and listen to what we have to say and so forth. But we're doing that now. And she does a lot of the writing and a lot of the um, event planning for us um, to help people. Heidi, I love that. Don't you like that he works with a woman and it's a man and a woman working together? It makes me feel a little safe. I love it. Yeah, and I love that we can we can work with him no matter where we live. Yeah, I do too. And and let's just give a little plug for Soaring Spirits Foundation, Michelle Neff Hernandez's organization, because Erin and I were talking about that earlier. Michelle's got a wonderful internet uh, spot, Soaring Spirits Foundation, 
And also, she does a conference on the West Coast and the East Coast, and and Erin speaks there sometimes, and Heidi and I have spoken there before. But it's a wonderful place if you're a widow or a widower to touch base, because if you know people who have had problems, you can ask. It always helps to ask somebody who's been through it, doesn't it, Erin? It really does. You're not alone. And you you really have someone that understands because they're walking, uh, in a way, in your shoes. And so it's a great place for that support. And and I just want to say that, that uh, we were honored a couple of years ago to get an award from Michelle, her Soaring Spirits Award, for the work that we do with people that are grieving. And like, I, like my mom said, we can't say enough about her organization. Yeah, it's great. Well, Erin, I want you to tell us what, give us a story. What was one of the most heinous or difficult things you've had to deal with? <laughs> or what Or what do we have to watch out for? Like What's the question. biggest pitfall? I like that question. Oh, the, the, uh, the biggest pitfall I think that we've had to deal with in, in general, um, in most situations, is, is when somebody makes a decision too soon, and that decision is an irrevocable decision that they cannot take back. And to give you, to give you a, a good example of that is uh, we had a client, her name was Linda, and Linda was very successful out in the workforce. Her husband also was, and her husband had a sudden death. Uh, she was about 60 years old. Uh, he died on the tennis courts, have, had a heart attack, uh, and suddenly passed away. Um, and one of the things that she was dealing with immediately after that is she had pressure from her immediate family to sell the home, that she no longer needed the home. Um, and she made that decision to do that, to sell the home. Uh, and then as time went on, even year, two years afterwards, she wished she would have never sold that home because financially she could have uh, stayed there. A lot of her memories of her husband were there, um, and it just gave her comfort, I think, if she would have stayed there. And so that was one of the the things that I saw from an emotional standpoint uh, that someone dealt with uh, a lot is to you know make that irrevocable decision because once you make it, you can't mm-hmm. get it back. Well, well, this reminds me of, Mom, of, of when I worked with the 9-11 widows, and we had two, I had two people I was working with, two widows, that wanted, they, they got a, a great deal of money, as you know, after 9-11. And two of the widows I worked with wanted not to accept the money because they felt like it was blood money and they didn't want to accept it. They felt wrong about accepting it. And we asked them to wait a year, like you're saying, Aaron, before they made that decision of, of not accepting it. And a year later, they decided they were going to take it for their children so that their children could have college funds, et cetera. And they did take it. And had they not, that would have really changed the course of their life. Yeah, that's a great example. You know, uh, we've always said in the family therapy field, which I was in uh, for many years, don't do anything for a year. Um, try to hold stable, try to stay where you are. And I know when Scott died, we did that. We stayed stable. We did the same thing and tried to f- go through the same grieving process for for a year. And, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was beneficial. And we did move, I think, a year and a half after he died or something like that. So I'd suggest to people that they do, you know, try to hang in there for a year. And it is a tough year, and you just have to live through it. It's very hard. But really, you do want to take in new things, and you want to get things. And I don't know, it's kind of weird that, you you know, you really would like to get something to fill that hole. But, you know, you do have to go through the process. So I think Erin makes a good point about 
about, you know, not making those big major decisions. Well, Aaron, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. And give us your website again for people. Yeah, thank you, uh, Gloria and Heidi. My, the website that you can uh, view our information at is LegacyWealth, M as in Mary, N as in Nancy, dot com. Um, and that's, uh, and we also have a Facebook page, uh, as well as some other social media type things that you can find all on that webpage. And you're welcome to follow along for tips and uh, different things that we have done to, uh, to help folks like yourself. Fabulous. And if I get in touch with you, will you get back to me? <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> Believe it or not, we do not have one of those cues that go all around. <laughs> and, it, and in fact, we have an we have an eight hundred number that you can call that will come right in, uh, and that eight hundred number is eight hundred three nine seven zero nine zero one. But also, if you would like to reach me directly and not go through any type of prompting at all, uh, for all of the people we help, they get my direct number, so they never have to. Uh, they come directly to me, so I answer the phone. So they're welcome to use that number as well, which is 507-995-3414. All right. You may get some calls, Aaron. <laughs> I may be calling. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thanks again for having me so much on the show. I appreciate it. And thanks for being on. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> Thank you, Heidi. Oh, Heidi, what an important topic, finances after loss. It's really important, don't you think? Absolutely, it is. And like you said, oftentimes we're not prepared and people don't know what to do when they're left with all of their finances. So I love that Aaron's out there helping people navigate these waters. All right. So uh, thanks for listening today and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.